It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
uh, who come out and they're in their uh, uh, their military marpats and uh, and LVE because they want to learn to shoot how they're going to end up shooting uh, once they deploy to Iraq, and they'll be taking the course in order that they can take the next step, which is designated marksman or a sniper course, etc. And every single one of them gets their money's worth for the weekend. Every single one of them gets their money's worth. You can't shoot without fundamentals. I mean, you can. You can drink a bottle of whiskey and go out in the street and shoot in the air. Uh, that doesn't require any fundamentals. Everything else requires the fundamentals. Everything else requires you to have a uh, steady position to shoot from, whether it's prone, seated, or standing. Everything else requires you to have to, to execute the shot by the six steps, which includes trigger control, side alignment, sight picture, uh, respiratory pause, and then follow through with the shot. Everything else, uh, any other shooting requires that. There's no way to get around it. Uh, and we throw in natural point of aim and inches, minutes, clicks, rifleman's dance, rifleman's bubble, uh, on and on. All that's just thrown in for free, right on top of it, like a big old thick slathering of icing. While you're there, when you're at the event, we're going to talk to you about what it means to be an American. Because being an American, it's not hard to do as far as the legal aspect of it, right? But having your name on a piece of paper doesn't make you an American. It makes you a citizen, but it doesn't make you an American. You're an American whenever you accept your obligations, your responsibility to safeguard the rights and freedoms that living in this nation affords you. That sounds pretty simple, right? You're going to accept the responsibility. Okay, I man, I accept it. I accept that responsibility. Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. Let me put it in my pocket. I got that responsibility right now in my pocket. All right, I accept it, man. What what does that mean? What does that mean? What am I what am I doing? Accepting the responsibility to safeguard the rights and freedoms that living that living in this nation affords you. You guys heard me talk before about the fact that the president is not the government. The senators, the congressmen are not the government. The Supreme Court is not the government. The FBI, the ATF, the on and on, all the alphabet acronym agencies, those are not the government. The people are the government. I mean, that's very clearly written out. Very, very clearly written out in the document. The document, the Constitution of these United States, which is the the framework that our nation is built around. And you can't... Uh, the document is, is virtually written in stone. You can't... It's not a living, uh, breathing, constantly shifting thing. You can't build a house and say, I'm going to build this house, but the slap that I'm putting it on, man, that is a living, breathing, constantly moving slab, man. That's the way I want it to be. 
And uh, I'd look at you and I'd say, okay, uh, all right. And then I'll come back in a week or two and I'll say, how's that living, breathing slab working out for you? And all the walls are cracked. Some of the doors open, some don't open. The windows open or they're broken. Uh, the uh, the floor is unlevel. That's what happens when your foundation is not a solid foundation. Things begin breaking. Things begin, uh, and you can't fix it. You can't fix it by nailing stuff into the walls or cutting sections out of the door so that it opens better because it's going to keep moving. It's going to keep moving. Uh, and that's what happens with a, quote, living, breathing Constitution. The Constitution was already written by some very, very brilliant men. And your responsibility as one of the we the people is to ensure the safety of the rights and freedoms that are listed in the Constitution. Now, I'm not saying they're granted to you in the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't grant you any rights. It simply lists the rights that you have. The list of the rights that you have as a human being granted to you by God. Your duty and listen, if you're a soldier or a lawman or, or any type of a, uh, a uh, of a government, you know, we're working for the government, uh, any type of an armed uh, aspect, you have to swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now, as a... Uh, as a citizen, you really don't have to do anything. You can just uh, you can you can be like uh, the the layer of stuff uh, that you find on the windward side of the lake. You know the flotsam, the uh, the foamy flotsam and the floating trash and stuff like that. But you can just do that. It's a very easy life. Just go where the wind takes you, my brother. Just float along with no responsibilities whatsoever. But to be an American, it's a little bit more rough. And I'm telling you, it is rough. When somebody talks to you about our nation having problems and, and they lay it out for you, then basically you really only have Two routes you can take. Route number one, you can you can close your ears to it. Uh, you know, you can do the thing where you stick your fingers in your ear and you go na 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 na. I can't hear you. La 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 la. Everything's okay. La 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 la. You can do that, and maybe everything will just go just fine. Maybe everything will work out just dandy, regardless of that. Or you can realize that this nation is in need of some TLC. You know, the folks that work on the, like the battleships and stuff like that, uh, at least uh, 25 years ago, the guys that I knew that were doing it then, uh, they would tell me that uh, that 
of course, some maintenance on the ship, like these, even something as simple as a painting, was never, ever done. You were never done. You'd, they would start at one end of the ship and start chipping and, and sanding and, and wire brushing and then painting and then, uh, and then final coat painting and third coat painting. And they would move uh, in a direction around the ship and after about a year, they'd get to the other end, and uh, they'd made like a circle. And when they got there, you know what they did? They didn't put their buckets and stuff up, because it had been a year since they had been to that specific point on the ship, and they didn't stop. Nothing stopped. They just kept right on, uh, right on through, and started over again right there at that place a year later. That's what's supposed to be happening with the nation. Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's not, literally and figuratively. Uh, and I've spoken to you guys about the analogy where it's very hard to get folks to understand the danger that we're in. Because we have always had these rights, then certainly we always will, won't we? If A, then B. A, therefore, B. Uh, if we've always had these rights, then we always will. And we've always had these rights, so we always will, right? The only problem is, is that, that that premise has a lot of uh, a lot of problems in it. Just because you've had something doesn't mean you'll always have it. Because I am alive, I will always be alive. And we know that's not true. Because I haven't died in a car wreck, I'm certainly not going to die in a car wreck. You hear that all the time from folks. I've never had a wreck before. I've never had a fatal wreck before. Well, you're you're only going to get one probably. Because we have had these rights, doesn't mean we will always have them. If you are have any savvy at all, and you pay attention to things that are going on, then you 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 notice that uh, that we on a regular basis that we lose a lot of rights uh, on a regular basis. So, uh, but if you haven't been paying attention, then you, you don't know that, or you don't realize it, or you don't think about it. Uh, we're finally getting, here it is, uh, what is it now, five years later, six years later? We're finally getting somebody to wake up about the uh, the uh, McCain-Feingold limitations on political speech. Somebody's finally saying, you know what, this is uh, this really isn't constitutional. It goes against uh, the the First Amendment rights of free speech. <clears throat> They're finally doing something about it, but good grief, look how long it's taken for such such a blatant and obvious damaging uh, event. Yeah, we can lose them. We can lose these rights in a heartbeat. Look at, uh, look at a simple hurricane that goes through a city, it goes through uh, somewhere like Louisiana, and the next thing you know, man, they are out in the streets banging the gongs and saying, bring out your guns, bring them out, bring out your guns, and turn them in. And what are you going to do? 
uh, you really think that you're going to, to uh, bar the doors and start popping off rounds at a SWAT team or at the National Guard, uh, that would be the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. So instead of that, what do you do? You hand them in. You hand them in. What if they decide that the storm never ends? What if the storm decides they say, you know what, we were going to give it back to you when the storm ended and things got better, but, you know, we we kind of chatted it over, you know, uh, with some coffee and stuff, and, you know, those guns are a troublesome thing, and we we just prefer you didn't have them. What are you going to do about that? If you're not paying attention to the Constitution, if you're not paying attention to the lawmakers, that can happen very easily. Only it's not going to happen with somebody coming to your house with uh, with a five-ton or an, a, uh, an uh, APC or a Bradley or something like that. It's just going to be done with a uh, with a pen and a piece of paper. Uh, you know, after six o'clock some evening, and voila, your rights are gone. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You know, I hear guys all the time on the internet and everywhere else. I hear these guys, you know, banging their hands on their computers and saying, "My gosh, my gosh, uh, they'll have my guns when they pry from my cold dead hands." I'm sure you've heard them too. I'm sure you've heard the folks jumping up and, and down and saying that. But what are they doing the rest of the day, the rest of the week, when they're not uh, jumping up and down doing their speech? Are they doing anything? Are they doing anything to make sure that it doesn't happen? Because I can tell you right now, and uh, I'm sure you, if you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about uh, uh, Joseph Reed who is Washington's secretary. Now, he experienced the exact same thing. Uh, A year into the revolution, the American Revolutionary War, uh, he was was sitting, uh, looking around him at, at an absolutely horrific situation. The colonial soldiers... Uh, had been pushed out of New York and then pushed across uh, uh, the Delaware. And most of the enlistments were up. And when they went up, the guys just said, that's it, we've had it. You know, good luck to you, the rest of you guys. And they went home. <clears throat> and what had once been a force of thirty-five to 40,000 men was now less than 3,000, right around, uh, right around 2,100 men. That's what was left to save our nation. 2,100 men out of 2 million. 2,100 men. You know, in every case, in every time, our nation's fate has balanced itself on a knife edge. It has been swung to the side of our advantage by a tiny, tiny handful of men. And ladies, when I when I say men, I'm just I'm using it collectively as in man, not uh, because it, we all know there's not a single thing that gets done on the face of this planet that uh, that didn't get there by virtue of a woman. So 
Not a single thing. But every time that this nation has faced peril, and it has faced it over and over, the thing that has saved us has been a tiny handful of men. When Joseph Reed looked around at the folks that he was standing around there with, and this is what he wrote to his friend, he said, When I look around me, I am surprised at what I see. The the loudmouth sons of liberty are nowhere to be seen. That's the guys I'm talking about, the the keyboard commandos, the 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 guys jumping up and down saying, My gosh, uh, my my cold dead hands, blah blah blah. And listen, don't get a burr in your saddle if you say that and you really mean it, okay? Because there are probably some folks that do. And God bless you if that's the case. But it's also not a very smart case. But God bless you if that's the case. It's usually not the case. Those folks are usually the first ones to shut up or to go into hiding uh, or anything else. He said, when I look around me at the folks, I'm surprised because the folks I see here are the ones I least expected. The revolution is being fought by the folks I least expected. Not the not the loud, brave, uh, death and glory guys, but by the everyday folks. I see the same thing at apple seeds. <clears throat> you go to an apple seed. Now, if you know about apple tea and you know what it is and you know what we do and you know what the mission is, then you would go there expecting to see a line of 50 uh, young men and young women too uh, in excellent shape and, uh, and, and half of them in battle dress and uh, the majority of them uh, not really needing the uh, the fundamentals again, but they're there to make sure that they've got it down pat, and they're all good to go. They're all shooting a 200 uh, uh, and above on the AQT, but that's not what it is. That's not who's there. There's a cross-section of folks that come to an apple seed uh, of all America. There, uh, there is young children there with their parents, six, seven years old, wanting to shoot. And they'll shoot for 30 minutes, and then they, uh, at that age, their their attention span has, has wandered a bit, and they got to do something else. Maybe they got to go play with their, their cars or their G.I. Joe dolls or who knows what. And then in 30 minutes, they're back on the line, ready to go. And 30 minutes later, they got to go do something else. So they got to go uh, get a... Uh, uh, you know, a, a juice box or something, and eat some uh, some granola or some beef jerky or something, and then they're back on the line, ready to go. <clears throat> and then you've got uh, you've got young men and women. We'll have groups uh, like from the Explorer Scouts and stuff like that from church groups. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, we'll have some soldiers that are out there because. 
some soldiers actually get it. Some soldiers actually understand. The problem with most soldiers is they're young. They're young. And as a young man, as a young soldier, you think that, uh, number one, you're bulletproof, and uh, you don't need to be taught to learn to shoot. As a as a male, as a young male, 16 to 22, you are genetically programmed to shoot. It's in your blood. You don't need training. Just because you're a guy with hormones, you can shoot. And, uh, you know, I've I got to tell you, after thousands of, instructing thousands of folks and doing hundreds of apple seeds, i got to tell you, this it's never the case, all right? Those guys never shoot uh, uh, anywhere near what they need to be shooting. <laughs> but some uh, soldiers do come, and and God bless them because, and their fellow soldiers better bless them too because when things get tight, and and maybe they never will, but maybe they will, you know? Maybe they will. When things get tight, then those are the guys that are going to have, uh, uh, even though it's only two days, they're going to have a good 18 hours of muscle memory and an understanding of the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship in order to carry them through the event. And uh, and life in the military, most uh, most folks in the military can tell you what it uh, what a typical military career is, and that is uh, the 99% boredom, hurry up and wait, punctuated by 1% sheer terror. That's how most uh, military careers go. When you're experiencing the 1% of sheer terror, you better be able to do something about it, all right? And that's what a lot of these soldiers that are showing up, that's what they're doing. They're making sure, uh, no matter no matter what their MOS is, because uh, in today's, in the modern battlefield, there's no real rear, there's no really rear echelon because of the insurgency. They can be anywhere. So if you're, even if you're a rimp, if you're, if you're a rear echelon, uh, motor pool supply, anything, anything like that, you're going to need to know how to handle your firearm. Uh, I've had uh, the helicopter and uh, uh, Warthog pilots on the line. And uh, it was kind of a chore getting them here because the guys, uh, the helicopter guys said, well, you know, what am I going to do? Why, why do I need to shoot? I'm going to be in the chopper. And I said, oh, really? Did you think you're going to be in the chopper all the time? They said, no. I said, no, you're really, you're not. You're in the chopper for a couple of hours a day. The rest of the time, you're you're walking around doing stuff. Did they issue you a rifle? Yep. I said, well, then you better know how to use it. And the guy thought about it for a while. He said, you know, I think you're right. And uh, not only did he come, but he went and got his buddy, which was smart. Because I always tell the guy, they go, look, get the rest of your buddies to come with you. And if need be, tell them what I tell them. It said, Look, if, uh, if it hits the fan, I will do my absolute best to try and knock down the targets in front of you, but it's only going to be after I knock down the targets in front of me. After I'm done knocking them down in front of me, then I will try to knock down the targets in front of you. So 
in other words, he better know how to 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 fire his rifle in his own defense, which is what uh, service members do. At the end of the day, that's what they do. You guys remember the scene in uh, Saving Private Ryan when he needed the interpreter. His guys had been killed. He went up to get the uh, interpreter, the guy who spoke uh, some German. And he said, all right, he goes, get your gear. We're going to go to uh, uh, Newville. And he said, uh, sir, there's there's Germans in Newville. He goes, that's right. He goes, lots of Germans. He goes, is that a problem? He goes, uh, no. He goes, but if you consider, I haven't fired my rifle since basic. And uh, the captain looked at him and he said, did you fire your rifle in basic? He said, yes. He goes, all right, then, let's go. That's the job of every soldier. At the end of the day, that's the job, is to defend his nation with his rifle. So make sure that, uh, that you guys are talking to the soldiers, trying to get them on the line. But uh, I'll see the soldiers on the line. I'll see middle-aged men on the line, middle-aged women on the line. Uh, sometimes I'll see uh, older women on the line. And I've got to tell you, some of the responses I get from them as to why they're there, what they're doing, there's been, uh, I don't know what it is, if it's the feminization of the American man, uh, but I've had three, three different times from three different women who I asked them, I said, what are you, what are you doing here? And uh, they said, I'm the one I learned to shoot. And I would see a ring on their finger, and I said, well, you're married, aren't you? And that's right. You got the one kid or two kids, or all my kids are grown. So, well, where's your husband? And they said, well, he has absolutely no interest in this. And I figured if somebody's going to save our family, then I guess it has to be me. Holy smoke! Did you hear what I said? If somebody's going to save our family, then I guess it has to be me. This one just once. I've heard this three times so far. How many, uh, good Lord knows how many times it's been the case. What is happening to our American men? <laughs> the majority of the folks I'll see uh, on the line will be older men. Men in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. These are the guys who who understand that they have a responsibility to the nation, and and they've been uh, they've been down a long, hard road in most cases, and they understand that if it's going to be done, it's going to be done by them. It's going to have to be done by them. Because apparently nobody else is doing it. When I'm on the apple seed line, when I look around me, I see the faces of those I least expected. I hear you, Joseph Reed. I understand what you're saying. The noisy sons of liberty are nowhere to be found.
if somebody's going to protect my family, I guess it's going to be me. One woman was in her late 20s. One was in her probably 40s. And another one was in her probably late 50s. And, and, and none of them were, none of them were flukes. All three of those ladies have been to several apple seeds now. Uh, one of them has their rifles patch. Two of them have brought their children back with them. <clears throat> All right. Uh, All right, I've been on a rant. I'll probably keep going on one for a little while back and forth because uh, because I think sometimes uh, that's what we need to do. I think sometimes it helps clear out uh, clear out the flotsam in our minds, uh, clears out the the dust and the and the and the, the hair that's built up and. Uh, Sometimes you need to to go on a, a rant in order to clear your mind, to understand what's what's really important and what's not. But listen, while I'm, uh, while I'm while I'm doing this back and forth, you guys feel free to call in. All right, some of you call in, I see you're just listening. But uh, uh, at the uh, during the show, at the beginning, and all during it, actually, we're, we're always willing to take calls. If you want to call in. And uh, you want to thank somebody who is uh, just uh, shot the rifle standards, who passed her PC, who's been doing a good job at promo, who's been doing uh, way more than the uh, than the six or eight events uh, for a year that, that we asked them to do. Uh, anybody, anybody that, uh, that that sticks out in your mind, and you want to say uh, thanks then give us a call at 347-308-8790. And if you have some type of commercial venture you're going into, or you just want to make an announcement, you can give that uh, you can give the number the same number call, 347-308-8790. And we'll get you on the air. You can talk about it. Uh, we got a few folks that uh, uh, that we like to mention uh, on the radio here, uh, one is uh, Blue Feather and Tyler Scott, and two New Mexico instructors. They're the salt of the earth, okay? They're great folks. I spent a weekend with them doing a uh, an IBC there, and they're just uh, they're just about as nice as you can get. On top of that, they make a fantastic handmade soap, and uh, you know I thought about it for a while, and and I don't know why. But that is one of the things that uh, that seems to me like something I would really like to do is make some handmade soap. I don't know why. I, you know, and before that, I was never a big frou frou soap user. But it just seems like uh, like something that uh, that would be fun to do. You know, I was watching a show last night too called uh, American Weed. It was about people that were growing marijuana for medicinal use in the United States. 
I don't know why, but when I was watching it, I was thinking that would be that would be something that would be fun to do. Because I like, I like growing different things. I like growing really good peppers or really good uh, tomatoes, etc. And I think it would be just as much of a challenge, I guess, to grow some really good pot, although I have absolutely no idea how to grow it, absolutely no interest in smoking it, uh, absolutely 100,000% no interest in uh, uh, in doing anything illegal. So please uh, just take this as I'm saying. I'm not going to grow anything. I'm not smoking anything. I just think it would be fun to, to try and grow something, uh, you know, the specific that would uh, it would be like a, uh, I don't know, like a uh, just a championship plant or something like that. Once again, let me emphasize, I'm not going to do it. So don't don't get your own pack up your gear and come to raid me. Uh, and uh, and I don't know where my like I said I'm not I'm, I don't use drugs I have no interest in it uh, my stance on that is somewhere between uh, uh, I guess libertarian and conservative uh, you know on one side I would think that the the easiest fix to the problem at least a quick fix would be to make it all, all drugs completely legal right. Uh, not because I have any interest in using any drugs, but because if you if you took some product that the cartels were charging uh, $20,000 for, and you said, okay, then we're going to do it, the government's going to do it, and we're, we're going to charge you $10 for that instead of 20000 then you would completely destroy their industry. Now, that's just one side of it, though, because the other side is you'd begin to destroy the fabric, the social fabric, uh, the mental, the the health of the Americans who are now legally using it. And that's the problem with that. I mean, it sounds like an easy fix. Uh, Keep your laws off my body and keep your laws off my my medical marijuana, etc. But... It's a lot. It's a lot harder to figure out than it seems. So, anyway, that I, I know that's a stretch from uh, my introduction, which was the handmade soap. Uh, so let me get back to that and then say that uh, that. Okay, I see what I'm doing here. The the Thomas Cloth and Blue Feather make a fine handmade soap. Jimmy Desert Eagle, he does now the uh, uh, long-term food you can get from him. And he's also a distributor for the uh, Mill Dot Master, which uh, I've been been working with. And uh, and it's a really great product. Uh, I just sent mine, uh, Jimmy sent me one, and uh, I ran it through myself, and then I just shot it off in the mail to uh, Junior Birdman, and he's going to uh, run it through the paces too, and then uh, we'll both get back to you with uh, uh, with our review on it. But uh, listen, it's, it's definitely worth the money. It's a 
thirty something plus dollars. Anywhere else you look at it, you talk to Jimmy, he'll send it to you for twenty five bucks uh plus shipping. That's Jimmy Desert Eagle Farms. And that is the Mill Dot Master. If you want to Google Mill Dot Master, you can and we'll see what I'm talking about. It's a great product for uh, estimating ranges and uh, getting your shots off. So <clears throat> uh and then if anybody else would like to uh call in with uh uh, with anything commercial, or say thank you to the uh, their local crews, then uh, you call 347-308-8790. Now, when we're talking about commercial uh, invest, uh, ventures and stuff like that, I'll tell you that uh, myself and my partner, Mark Martinez, uh, who is also a, a senior instructor in the Appleseed Project, uh, we've... Uh, we got we put our heads together. We love teaching uh rifle marksmanship. We love teaching shooting. And since we do and since I have a, a location that allows me to do that, we put together a company called Battle Road. Battle Road and you can find us at uh battleroadusa.com. And uh we have some classes coming up uh May 4th, 5th and 6th. Uh, we got the basic handgun, level one, and level two handgun, and uh, and these aren't baby classes either. Okay, the basic handgun is just a refresher. What you'd like you to take, uh, it's a uh, four-hour block, and then we've got the the level one and uh, level two, and uh, and uh, level one is uh, is it's all about drawing from conceal. Uh, Firing at uh, at a good rate of uh, three to five shots per second uh, into your target, accurately into your target, uh, clearing your stoppages, situational awareness, uh, moving and shooting, how to draw and get offline and shoot, uh, and then uh, stress and target identification, and including the class. We just uh, we're just about done with a new shoot house and. Uh, Level one, level two students will get to go into the uh, into the shoot house and try their skills there. Now, level one and level two is it uh, doesn't teach any. Uh, there are no combat tactics. Level one, level two is really about the mechanics of drawing and firing and then marksmanship. Uh, that being said, uh, the shoot house does it has the ability to teach you, make you understand a lot of different things. Uh, number one is when you're on when you're side by side, shoulder to shoulder, firing at the line, and you're drawing that pistol, and you're popping those rounds off at uh, three to four shots per second, and you're laying down some heavy fire in order to uh, to uh, knock your opponent down and uh, and make yourself safe. You know when you have a uh, a round that skips out of the uh, center of the target or something, it's a big deal, right? It just didn't get in the middle. Now, when you go to the shootouts, a lot of times it's a little bit different because uh, we're trying to show you in there that you have to make sure that you understand the connection between uh, speed and accuracy and what the uh, consequences of not understanding it correctly can be. In the shootouts, you may come up on targets, uh, like there's one target that is a, a, a young man pointing a pistol at you, and uh, you've got to be able to put the rounds in him quickly enough to stop him so that you don't get shot, right? The faster you shoot your opponent, the less shot you will get. The problem with this is that uh, is that he is flush 
uh, when it's wall to wall, other innocent bystanders. If your round does not go into him, then it's guaranteed to hit a little girl in the arm or a little boy in the head or a, or a teacher in the face, etc. So the shoot house is not about uh, tactics. That comes in uh, levels three and four, where in levels three and four we also have uh, vehicle defense and uh, we have a major shoot house that's being built uh, uh, now that uh, will be a below-ground shoot house with catwalks above it and towers and stuff. Uh, and then uh, three and four will also do moving, uh, much faster moving targets, and then a lot of tactics, how to clear a house, how to slice a pie, stuff like that. Level one and two isn't about that. It's about uh, making sure that you understand the program that we're running and that you can work within that program and then uh, the the level one and two shoot house, which is uh, it's uh, it's right there next to the level one and two area. It uh, it's simply like some icing, you know, some icing for the cake, and then something for you to look at. Say, okay, uh, at this stage, this is what I realistically can do and can't do. And uh, you know, we've had some folks that uh, <laughs> that uh, the scenario usually when we set it up is. Uh, is when you arrive at the, the as you're on the way to the shoot house door, uh, Mark usually goes and gets the folks one at a time, brings them in, and goes, "Here's the situation." He goes, "There's a uh, one of your loved ones is inside this store, and you hear some shots coming out, and that's really all you know. And what are you going to do? Because you, know, you don't have to go in there. We just brought you up to this this location, giving you the choice. Here's the scenario. Here's what's going on. The rest." Is up to you. You can go in, or you can, or you can go back over to the other area and call 911. Whatever you think is best. Uh, so far, every single person has uh, unholstered their weapon and entered the house. Uh, some of them were really, really apprehensive. They were very fearful of of going in. They didn't want to, and uh, and yet they did. They they mastered their their apprehension, their anxiety, and they went ahead and they went in. And uh, and usually there's uh, <laughs> there's loud music playing. Uh, there's uh, there's stuff flapping around in there. Sometimes there is uh, fireworks, uh, smoke, you name it, and uh, and things to distract them. And most of the folks do most of the folks do really good. And even the folks that don't do that great. They get to understand why they don't do that great. They get to understand why you, even though you were just shooting at three to five shots per second on the line, the reality is is that sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you can't uh, draw and fire three to four shots in uh, 1.5 seconds because you'll have to slow down because there are other people around, there are other innocents, so the shot is harder. It's a longer shot, et cetera. Anyway. Mark and I started the company, BattleRoadUSA.com. You can find us on the internet and uh, and take a look at the website. The website just went up. We just got started on this. We've only run a we've run a few classes so far, and each one has been simply excellent. Now, the uh, level one, level two together. If you run them together, it's gonna it's gonna take you about a thousand rounds of what uh, whatever you fire, and uh, and you'll need a holster too because everything every time you fire. You, you will, there's no time where you'll just be standing there at uh, like on hard guard or, or at the ready. You're always going to be drawing from concealed because that's what you do in normal life, right? 
very seldom are you ever going to be standing with a pistol in your hand. Maybe if you're in your house. And if you are, good for you. You're a step ahead. But very seldom are you going to be doing that. You know it's going to be concealed. So that's how we go about to teaching you. And uh, uh, and level two is uh, additional clearing of stoppages, one-handed clearing of stoppages, one-handed shooting, uh, uh, shifting your uh, pistol from one hand to the other, uh, doing your uh, reloads, doing your advanced moving and shooting drills, and uh, and we really amp up the stress uh, and require you to do more difficult, more complex target identification, uh, multiple targets, and we kept the prices really down really low. Uh, the uh, the uh, basic handguns is forty five bucks. Level one, 150. Level three, uh, I mean level uh, two, 180. Now, level three is a two-day course. Joe, the price jumps up a bit because you're doing a whole lot more, and it's two days instead of one day. That's uh, 325, and that, and that's uh, moving and shooting under stress, addressing multiple targets, learning tactics, using distance, using angles uh, to benefit you, shooting uh, off of the ground, you know, on your back, your sides, your stomach, shooting and sitting, shooting in falling position. Uh, firing uh, from uh, uh, a lot of different non-traditional uh, shooting positions and methods, and uh, uh, this will also include uh, uh, this will be the actual vehicle defense course. But you will be you will be in a vehicle shooting from a vehicle uh, in all different directions, and then there'll also be a force on force uh, that we'll use with airsoft and stuff like that. All right, and the, and the two days will run about 850 to 900 rounds uh, for the level three, and that's 325. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to www.battleroadusa.com uh, and uh, shoot a message to Mark or I, or give us a call on the phone, and uh, we'll have the uh, online registration done for this pretty soon. <clears throat> All right. Uh, if you, uh, we'll keep the phone lines open. <laughs> so if you want to, uh, if you want to call in, you're still welcome to 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. And I'm always amazed. You know, I, I paid, uh, uh, I guess right around 50 bucks a month for, uh, to do the show, and that part of that is paying for 50, the um, availability to have 50 uh, lines for callers. So I can take 50 callers uh, on the lines at once, and uh, usually we don't have any more than uh, five or six. But I'm always amazed at that, because if I was listening to the show, I can guarantee you I would grab the telephone and call in. I'd call him to tell somebody thanks uh, because they deserve it. The folks in this program in the Appleseed Project deserve it. They've donated uh, a tremendous amount of time and energy and sweat and tears and money in order to help push the mission forward. And and we're really good at... uh, at exhorting the people to work harder and faster and longer 
but we just completely suck at uh, at telling folks thanks. You know, a lot of times it's uh, and maybe even worse than that. Maybe we're maybe we're even the yellow at them. And you know, at times when we shouldn't be yellow at them. That's not good, but I gotta tell you too that that what we're doing this isn't a social club. Appleseed isn't a social club. It's not uh, it's not a shooting club or a social club. Listen, if it were, I would be long gone. All right, uh, I know of plenty of other shooting and social clubs that that are much less work and much less of. Uh, of a hassle or a pain in the hiney. Apple seed is hard. If you're doing it, I don't have to tell you that. It's hard. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh a lot of time that you have to slice out of something else that they're not making anymore. We can't be we're not like the federal government where we can print up additional hours as we need them, additional fake hours, uh that one time that someday we'll be called back so that uh, if, if we were printing up hours like the federal government is printing up dollars, uh, you may normally live to be 70 or 80, but because of uh, what the uh, the hours that they're printing up, you're only going to live to be 35 because the rest of the hours that they printed up for you were worthless. Apple seed is hard. And I'll tell you this, too, that uh, <laughs> there's something that I've noticed is that that it is hard, all right? It's hard on everybody. And one of the things I've seen, and and, and before everybody starts yelling, screaming, throwing rocks at me, uh, I've been in the program for a long time. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've talked to a lot of people. Uh, I've heard almost every story there is to hear, good and bad. And uh, one of the things I've found is that a lot of times folks, folks who have been in the program for a few years, and they work their butts off, and uh, and a lot of times they work themselves out of gas. Now, if the red coats, if the if the British regulars actually came riding over the hill, I can guarantee you they would be standing on the line next to me. But for whatever reason, they they run out of gas. They run out of uh, of whatever was pushing them, and uh, and yet. They don't want to quit because, you know, quitting sucks. And what will happen is that occasionally we'll have some, uh, we'll have some kind of a fluff over some regulations or some kind of uh, uprising, some kind of thing that people don't like in the program. And, and then a lot of folks will take that opportunity and say, you know, well, I, I can take a lot, but I can't take this, so I'm done. And I would just like to tell anybody who's considering that, look, you don't got to do that. You don't have to do that. If you want to take a break or if you feel like you've done as much as you can do for a while, all you have to say is, guys, uh, I've put in my dues, I've put in my time, and at this time I'm going to do something else for a while. Here's my number. Here's my uh, my address. Uh, on the time and the date that you need me in the future, don't hesitate to call me. But 
but don't call me unless you need me. And then at some point, maybe they'll want to they'll want to come back. They want to work themselves back in. And I have no problems with that. So God, if somebody, if you're feeling like you're getting to that point, go ahead and do that. And uh, and that way you don't lock yourself out. You don't you don't kick a big hole in the side of the uh, side of the aquarium so it can't hold fish anymore. Uh, and someday you want to come back, and you'll just come back. Or if you don't, you won't. It doesn't matter. But apple seed is hard. It's very, very hard. Uh, not for some people. But the folks who are really doing their jobs, who are really doing what they're supposed to be doing in apple seed, supporting the mission, furthering the mission, it's hard. Uh I, I got to tell you, I, I've seen lots of folks in uh, the program who have run themselves into the ground financially, physically, spiritually, and burned up, crashed and burned. And uh, I always tell folks in the program that to, to please understand that Appleseed is not a 100-yard dash. Apple seed is a marathon. It's a uh, it's a way of life. If you uh, if you go at it at the at light speed without recharging, without pacing yourself, then uh, yeah, you will burn up. Okay, and uh, and then there are other folks, other folks who. Uh, who maybe they're supposed to be doing something. Uh, they're supposed to be working on a project or something else, and they and they didn't. They didn't have time for it or something else. And uh, when somebody finally asks them about it or what happened to this or why hadn't this got done, they they get embarrassed. And instead of just saying, you know what, I dropped the ball on it, and uh, you know, give me another chance. I'll try and get it fixed. Or, or you know what, it's too much for me. I can't do it. Let me hand it off to somebody else. Instead of doing that, a lot of folks will just, uh, they'll implode. They'll start screaming and yelling and saying, it's not my fault. It's it's because of this or because of this or because the program sucks, blah, blah, blah. Instead of just saying, look, I bit off more than I could chew and I dropped the ball on it, all right? Give me something smaller to do. I can, I can deal with that. I accept that. I got no problem with that. Uh so think about uh, think about alternative ways of, of handling the stress of apple seed. Uh, try not to uh, to self-immolate or self-terminate, or uh, to try and shift the blame somewhere else. Apple seed is hard. It's very very hard, and and it's not ever going to get a whole lot easier until we get uh, probably around to the one or two million folk level. Until then, a great deal of the load is going to be carried by a very few people. Remember what I spoke about at the beginning of the show, about 
you know, every time the nation is in peril, that's been saved by just a tiny, tiny handful of folks. That's how I look at Appleseed. Right now, we're a tiny, tiny handful of folks, and we're and the majority of the time, we're all getting we're all getting pooped on our heads, right? And we're getting the dirty end of the stick. I can tell you right now that the folks who were at who were at Trenton and Princeton. After they had been forced back across the Delaware and they were in the snow with no clothes, no food, uh, they jacked around and waited too long at uh, Fort Washington and they had to dump all of their equipment. They didn't have any tents, no food, no cooking utensils, nothing. And no pay. They hadn't been paid for, for months or years. They hadn't been paid since the beginning. And it's snowing and raining. Now, you think about that. You think about being, uh, sitting in a muddy field. I mean, you could drag up a rock or a tree or something good for you. Well, you're not sitting in the mud. Okay, good. But you're sitting there uh, in basically maybe like a like a, a pair of cutoff pants. And they weren't cut off. They were made short to begin with. And then they were just, they just rotted. They rotted because you've been wearing them for six months without washing them or anything else. Your shoes are gone because the shoes were never meant uh, for you to walk uh, 400 miles in in the mud. Uh, your your blanket, your extra blanket's gone. You, you may just be sitting there in basically like a pair of cutoffs and some newspaper wrapped around your feet and an old stinky blanket with holes in it. And you haven't eaten uh, properly in months. You haven't been paid. Uh, you've got uh, a pretty decent dose of amoebic dysentery because some of the water you drank, the guys had been pooing in upstream. And uh, uh, so you've been pretty sick for about a month. And uh, <clears throat> and you're still there. You're still there. Why are you still there? Why didn't you leave and go home? Why didn't you give up and say it's too it's too tough, man? I'm hungry. I'd like to be warm and dry just for once. Why didn't they? Why didn't they? I don't know. They should have. But they didn't. Instead, you know what they did? They grabbed all their gear. They waded in a frozen river. They waded out in the river to the boats. Waded. Waded. Wading is where you walk in the water. You walk in the water, and they had to push chunks of ice out of the way until they could get to the boats. So they wade in the freezing river uh, without any sleep for the last two nights or food. They get on the boats. They get to the other side of the river, and then they march uh, for 15 miles through the night. No sleep again. Through the night in sleep. That's not snow. It's not like dry snow that falls on you, brush it off, and you go, ha, 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 a dashing we will go. Uh, this is sleet. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's 
like snow slime. And it gets on you, and you're soaking wet, and then it freezes. And remember I told you you're in a pair of cutoffs with a newspaper around your feet and a blanket? And your gunpowder is wet, too. Your gunpowder is wet. Now, guess what? Now, your musket doesn't fire. So what do you have to do? Well, the officer has just told you to fix bayonets. That means you're going to go to hand-to-hand combat. And it's not, they didn't tell you to fix bayonets uh, at the last second. You go, oh, wait, oh, I didn't have time to think about this. Fix bayonets. Okay, uh, I guess I'll do it. I really haven't thought about it. They told you this hours before. You already knew. Your gunpowder was wet. You already knew it. You're marching toward what you what you assume is going to be a superior British regular force with any gunpowder, and you're going to fight them in your nasty old skivvies and your wet blanket if you marched uh, 20-some hours overnight through the sleet uh, barefoot, and you're going to attack these British regulars. Why did they do it? Why did just a handful of guys save our nation? And you know what I told you earlier? This wasn't a handful of uh, Adonises this wasn't a handful, uh, this wasn't a force of Arnold Schwarzeneggers. Around me, I see those who I least expected. That's who was there. That's who made the march. Those who I least expected. Why did they do it? Because we always governed ourselves, and we always meant to. What has happened to us? What has happened to us now? Nobody turns out to vote. Nobody pays any attention to what's going on. What what'd you say? Get in the trains? Okay. Where, where are we going? Uh, to the showers? Uh, okay, I guess. I don't know. Okay, whatever you say. Every time the nation has been in peril, it has been a tiny handful of men who have saved the nation. That's who Appleseed is right now. We're like the the little incubating tiny handful of men who are going to save the nation. Why are we doing it? I don't know. I know why I'm doing it. I don't want to... I don't want to hand my children a a nation that's in worse shape than what I got it in. I don't want to... I don't want to watch... As this nation, this this unbelievably successful experiment in liberty and freedom 
I don't want to watch as it dissolves into flotsam, as it spins around the rim of the toilet and then finally gets sucked under. Because that's where we're headed. That's exactly where we're headed. Now, I personally believe there's still a chance to save this nation. Now, a lot of people don't. And I gotta say, sometimes it's hard to uh, to fight off when I'm listening to them to fight off the notion that that as a nation we've had our shining time, we've had our 236 years of glory, and uh, and now we're in decline and. And we're going to go further in decline until we end up as, uh, in actuality, not just uh, uh, figurative serfs and slaves, but literal ones. But that's where we're headed. And it'd be hard to get. It'd be hard to gut on a faster track to get there than what we're on. But that's where we're headed. So what are we going to do to stop this? How are we going to how are we going to stop this? Well, you're not going to stop it just by yelling at the TV. You're not going to stop it just by by kicking the furniture or yelling at your family. Uh, the only way you're going to stop it is by grabbing the problem with both hands and not letting go. Until until you've taken a huge freaking bite out of it, and uh, and you've got its tail between its legs, and it's running in a different direction from you, but it can't get away because you've got it by the tail. That's the only way it's going to get fixed. You, there's there's no other way. I, I know that a lot of folks that I talk to, they they I, I'm not going to say that they they've given up. It's not that they've given up. They've just, they have given up on the idea that the nation is savable. And I I can't bring myself to do that. Because what it reminds me of is the, uh, what the movies, the movies a while back, I think I told you guys about this, the movies where, like The Road, and uh, and there was another movie of the adaptation of Stephen King's story, <clears throat> where uh, the, the situation they felt was so horrible <clears throat> that this one guy, uh, they all decided that suicide was better. And in each case, uh, their judgment, their vision of the future was cloudy, or there was a sharp corner ahead and they couldn't see around it. And they simply assumed that uh, on the other side of the corner would be the same uh, unfixable situation, and they committed, uh, they killed the people they were with. They not them killed themselves, I guess. And the thing I got to tell you about that is no one has ever snatched victory from the jaws of defeat if they gave up if they surrendered, if they threw the towel in 
There is no way for you to to surf the very edge of the wave of defeat and spin it around and light it back down into victory. You, there's no way. If you give up, it's impossible. So I refuse to believe that this is an unfixable situation. All right? Uh, I'm going to continue to work to do what I can, what I feel can be done to reverse what's going on. Now, and and I understand the difficulty of this because if the enemy if the enemy were a uh, uh, you know uh, a a hundred thousand screaming jihadists or uh, if it were hordes of invaders, then that's easy to see. That's easy to rally around, right? Uh, because uh, the, the, the danger is a very clear and present danger, and it's easy to focus on, and uh, there's usually only one answer, and that is uh, to crush your enemy before you and to hear the lamentations of their women. Right? That's really all you can do. Uh, the problem is, is that while the same danger, while we face the same uh, danger, if you if you poured it into a big bucket, the uh, the hundred thousand screaming jihadists would be about uh, you know five gallons of danger. And if you take the danger that we face today, the constitutional danger, the uh, the stripping of the freedoms, the uh, the mismanagement of our economy. And then you pour that in a bucket and you get five gallons. It's a five-gallon bucket. You get five gallons and it starts overflowing. So there's uh, there appears to be more than five gallons because you fill up that bucket and then it just kept running out. So the danger is the same. However, it's uh, it's a nebulous type of danger. It's a danger that uh, I usually liken it to uh, the, the, the rust that is attacking the the bridge spans, the steel girders in the bridge, and a bridge like the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, that uh, the, the rust is fiercely attacking the bridge. The problem is, is that there's also a coat of paint up on top of it. Sometimes you can see some of the rust spots but it is going kind of quietly and kind of slowly. And, uh, well, you remember the Neil Young song, Rust Never Sleeps. And it doesn't. It just keeps going day after day. Uh, it's it's nonstop. And you look at it and you go, well, it's just rust, right? It's just rust. That's all it is. Uh, you know, uh, good uh, wire brushing and a coat of paint, it'll be good as new. And it, it might. But you got to get out there and you got to chip away the rust and wire brush it and sand it and sandblast it and then and then paint it. That's what you got to do. But but people aren't doing it. And it's hard to get people excited about it. 
you can get people excited about about the jihadists. Uh, if you you know if you see a uh, hundred thousand guys, and they then believe me, the news agencies would be showing it nonstop from uh, five hundred different angles. Uh, they would have the the air, the cloud of air above the jihadists would be would be filled with uh, news uh, helicopters and. Uh, you'd be seeing it nonstop on every channel. Uh, screaming jihadists make their way ashore in New Jersey and uh, begin to dominate uh, local areas. Uh, destruction, death, uh, horrors. And uh, and believe me, uh, in the United States, there's uh, approximately nine guns for every ten people. The, the you could see your enemy. He's right there. He's right there. The guy in the uh, in the in the, the, the turban and the uh, uh, you know in the flowing robes he, in the in the AK-47. Right there. That's a danger. What's the answer? Well, you know what the answer is. Let's go. Let's sling some lead in him. And everybody, uh, everybody would be uh, they'd be raised. They'd be lining up to help fix the problem because that's easy it's easy to fix that problem if those jihadists had a uh, if they were chasing a school bus of your kids across the Golden Gate Bridge I think I I could tell you there'd be a hundred thousand patriots would be grabbing everything from a brick to a hoe to their uh, their fashionable uh, ARs with uh, with every attachment known to man on them, and they would be flooding the streets. They'd be running just like the folks ran on April 19th. They'd be running 25 miles so they could throw themselves into battle on that Golden Gate Bridge and save those kids in the school bus. Do it for the kids, for God's sake. The only problem is we don't have any screaming jihadists. There's nothing concrete that you can point to. I can get out in the middle of the Golden Gate Bridge and start screaming, it's rusting! Good grief, the the bridge is going to fail? And those kids are going to plunge into the ocean and then drown and die. And uh, and the people would just they would look at me and they would they would they wouldn't really know what to think and then they would send somebody out to pick me up. But I can guarantee you that that rust is going to destroy that bridge, sure as shooting. It's going to destroy it. Those kids are going to plunge into the bay and they're going to die. This is happening a lot slower. There's there's plenty of time to fix that. Plenty of time. Nothing to get excited about here. We'll, uh, you know, we'll fix that rust. Someday we'll get it. We'll get that rust fixed. I'm sure, too, there's nobody. I mean, don't we have some, like, bridge inspectors and stuff like that? Isn't there somebody who's watching over that? Good grief, there's got to be. This is America. 
somebody is uh, somebody's paying attention to their bridge, right? I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're doing a good job. Uh, I don't know anything about bridges. I don't know anything about painting. And I'll have to trust them. I'll have to leave it up to them. And I'm sure it will be okay. And, you know, it may be okay. I don't know. And it may not be okay. And uh, and with that attitude, when you take that attitude, you don't have any say in it. It'll either be okay or it won't, but it's, you'll have no say in it. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We've gotten we've gotten turned upside down. We're not supposed to be going uh, on our knees to our representatives, going on bended knee to to beg a boon of them, uh, which they may or may not grant according to their whims. That's not the way it was meant to be. Listen, we've got a, uh, I told you guys a while back that that I worked with Heartland Pictures uh, on a movie. And uh, it, um, give me a second here, I'm looking for the, uh, I'm looking for the the email on so I can give you guys the the right uh, details on it. Anyway, it's a movie about uh, about exactly this, about what's going on, and uh, and they were kind enough to uh, allow Appleseed into the uh, for a big part of the movie, and uh, we're going to be in the movie as part of the solution to what's going on in America, and uh, the movie is all uh, is being done. Uh, uh, by uh, it's a uh, it's another grassroots uh, type uh, project, but it is a very professional one. It's uh, Heartland Pictures, and they're going to screen the movie this uh, let's see April 29th, I believe. I'm still looking for it here, but uh, the movie is turned into actually into a three part movie because. There was so much information, and uh, we ended up getting uh, Charlie Daniels to narrate uh, the movie, and he really that did a great job on it. Charlie Daniels just did a great job, and at the same time, he also uh, wrote the uh, the theme song for it, and he's going to release that in Nashville. Very soon, uh, I guess to coincide with the uh, with the film release, and uh, this is going to be April 29th, and the movie is called "Behold a Pale Horse," and uh, they're gonna, the first screening is going to be done at the Fredericksburg Film Festival here in Texas, uh, and. Uh, let's see. I, I don't know if there's any tickets left for it, uh, but uh, but as soon as it's available, uh, once it's screened and uh, and it's available, then we'll try and get uh, uh, try and get 
them to make sure that there's that we can figure out how to get you guys copies of it. Uh, it is everybody from generals, American generals, uh, American senators, congressmen. Uh, there is uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, who we've had on the show here. Uh, you name it, and the folks are there talking about the dangers that America is facing right now. It's not just one danger. It's like uh it's like a some kind of super bug, super sickness, like uh like uh, the chicken pox on top of the flu, on top of malaria, mixed in with some STDs. Uh it's uh the pretty rotten stuff. And we've allowed it to get this way. We've allowed our nation to get this way, to get dirty and filthy and diseased and and we're going to have to be the ones to fix it. And when you come to an Apple Tea two-day rifle marksmanship event, uh, we're not going to talk to you like I'm talking to you now. I mean, uh, the only time, the only thing we have time for there, because we're 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 force feeding you a ton of information about rifle marksmanship, rifle safety, and then we're giving you an introduction to the history of the nation by talking to you about the events of April 19th, 1775, about uh, the events at Lexington Green, at the, the events at the North Bridge in Concord, and along Battle Road back to Boston, which is where the siege of Boston began, where, our, where the American Revolutionary War began. We've talked to you about those dates and about the folks who were there, what they did, why they did it, and the, the vision that the founding fathers had for this nation. The idea that that while there was an American Revolutionary War, which had a beginning, and it had a goal, and when it achieved that goal, it ended, that the American Revolution, which was uh, a wonderful uh, experiment in in ever-expanding freedoms in individual responsibilities and, and collective rights and freedoms was never meant to end. We're still rolling on that wave. Now, it's only like a one-inch high wave now uh, from the 100-meter-tall uh, tsunami it was. But we're still riding on that wave. And there's no reason we can't, uh, we can't amp it up and continue uh, continue to push the idea of ever-expanding uh, American freedoms and liberties. But we're going to have to work at it now because, because we've allowed it to get to the point that it's at. All right? So, so what are we going to do? How are you going to, how are you going to fix it? Uh, well, I'm telling you, the, the way that I started was by going to an apple seed. Uh, well, I can't say that because I didn't. I, I, I kind of started out by by talking to apple seed folks, not at an apple seed event, talking to apple seed folks. And then I ended up on the staff at apple seed. And then uh, after a while, I went to uh, the Rifleman's Boot Camp. 
But I got involved in Appleseed, and that spun me up to uh, a pretty good high RPM. And I used that RPM to carry me out into uh, the other possible ways uh, that I can use to help provide the uh, the maintenance and the, the tender loving care that the nation needs. And I would suggest, and my advice to you would be to do the same. Go to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship two-day weekend. Go there with the expectation and setting a goal of improving your rifle marksmanship. And believe me, you're going to meet and exceed that goal. And once you do, once you once you've caught that wave and you're on it, then your next the next follow on the logical follow on to that should be what next? Okay, I set that goal for myself and I met and achieved it, uh, and I exceeded that goal. What next? What what is my next goal? Uh, give me another one. I'm ready. Give me another goal. Give me another uh, things to do, and and then follow that through. Follow that through to completion. Now, capital seed isn't the answer to to every single question, but it is an excellent place to get started. And you get started in apple seed, uh, and you put your shoulder to the wheel, and you help the rest of the folks pushing. And uh, at the same time, you're meeting a lot of other folks. You're putting your heads together with other folks, and you're and you're figuring out other ways, <clears throat> other things that you can do to help inform your fellow Americans and to help get the nation headed back in the right direction. <clears throat> so that's what I would do. That's where I would start. That's what I would like you to do. Uh, so we have the Appleseed Signature Weekend coming up. Uh, the April 19th Patriots Day Weekend will be the 21st and 22nd. And uh, so that's where we're going to be uh, having our signature weekend. We're going to be running over 100 events that weekend across the nation simultaneously and what I would like uh, for you guys to do, uh, well, let me put a word in here for the instructors real quick. You guys that are instructors, I'd like you to take another look at the instructor schedule and uh, and listing of the events. What I'd really like to ask you to do, please, uh, in all the different states, take a look at the different events. Now, I know usually most folks have a, a place that they like to go, and uh, usually it's because there's a lot of other instructors there that they know or they like and and they all want to get together at a certain place and 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 do the apple feed and hang out, which is great. Uh, normally, it's great. Any other weekend would be great. What what I would like to ask you to please do is uh, is to take a look at the schedule and see where there where it's going to be short. First of all, you shoot bosses. Make sure that. Uh, 
there should be no reason whatsoever that we have two shoot bosses at one location uh, on the 21st, 22nd weekends. All the shoot bosses should be uh, at individual shoots, and then the uh, the rest of the Red Hats and IITs take a look, and, uh, and if there is a shoot that is running short, please put yourself on the schedule for that shoot, please. Uh, this is also the weekend that uh, most of the uh, uh, most of, we we usually don't have a whole lot of uh, stops on the reimbursement stuff because we've got to get uh, we've got to get folks out to the different locations. But I can tell you this: I don't know if he'll be reimbursed on this weekend. If you uh, if you go out to dinner, the instructors' dinner, and you've got uh, twelve instructors at one of it, I don't know how how happy they're going to be about. Uh, about paying for that bill, right? Because especially if there's uh, some other place that only has one instructor for the weekend. So please take a look at the events. Make sure for this one weekend uh, that you uh, you do what your heart tells you. Go to the, if there's a place that's running short, uh, switch your uh, assignment over to that location so that you can... Uh, you can help out where you're needed, all right? And uh, this is also the time to do that last hard push. You know, when you get in the fourth quarter and uh, and you're tired and you're sweaty and uh, and you're – and it's hard. Well, that's about where we are for promotions right now. But now it's not you know the fourth quarter and the time to stop. Uh, what you need to do then is really lay on McDuff uh and uh and do everything you can to get the rest of the folks to attend that event because like I said, apple seed is hard, and the only way to make it less hard is to get many hands to to lighten the load to get those hands, you've got to sift through a uh, hundred hundred and fifty folks to get one good set of helping hands, right? That means that uh, if your attendance is only uh, 12 in an apple seed, uh, then you got to do uh, nine apple seeds to get those 100 folks. Wouldn't it be easier if you did, uh, and you can do it, you can do this with not a whole lot of effort, if you could get, uh, say, 25 folks to attend the event. Now you only need four apple seeds to get that uh, that extra pair of helping hands. How about 30? Get 30 people. Now you only need to do three events. Get 50, you only need to do two events. And one of the things I've learned from the big events is you get, the more people there are, the higher the number of uh, of possible uh, volunteers or new IIT is going to be, and uh, I, I'm not sure why that is. And, I, and I'm not talking about the the most logical reason, which is if one out of ten go, then then you're going to get five out of fifty. But that's not it. Uh, you get more usually from when you have the big gatherings. So <clears throat> do yourself a favor, do Appleseed a favor, and do the nation a favor. And right now is the time to to do the final push for the 21st, 22nd weekend. You don't have to go broke. 
you don't have to put to buy uh, 5,000 flyers and then only get a chance to put up a uh, hundred of them and uh, the rest just go in the trash pile or you stuff some pillows with it. I don't know. Just do the hundred. Just print out a hundred flyers and uh, you don't have to get uh, crazy with them. You don't have to get, uh, you know, uh, really, uh, you can just be uh, very quiet and creative. Uh, go to Walmart, stick the flyers in every uh, uh, shotgun news. Uh, every store you go to that has like a thrifty nickel or a penny saver, whatever it is, set those, take the uh, the apple tea flyers and put one in between each paper. They don't, it's not the store's things. They don't care. It's the uh, it's the green sheet or penny saver folks thing. So stick it in there. Uh, hit the gun clubs. Hit the shooting ranges and put the flyers up there. I had a uh, a email from Roger Glenn today. I got to tell you, I love Roger Glenn. I mean, he's got to be one of the few folks that ever listened to me because uh, he actually sent me the uh, the address for where he had listed. The Fredericksburg shoot on the community calendar. <laughs> it's free. It's free. You can do it in five minutes, and then it's on the community calendar. It's working for you 24 hours a day. Then it never goes to sleep. It never rots. It's it's on that calendar until it's gone. So take that five minutes. The Google community calendar for whatever. The city or town you're in, and and take the five minutes it takes to get the events listed on the community calendar. Uh, and like I said, it'll just it'll be working for you 24 hours a day. Anytime anybody's uh, looking for something, then it'll be there. Uh, all right, uh, we've got just a few minutes left, so if anybody wants to. Uh, uh, to call in real quick before we end the show, you're welcome to 347 Now I know out of the uh, just I think I took a peek at the uh, at the uh, the system allows me to kind of take a peek and see kind of how many people are listening, and there is uh, several hundred uh, of you folks listening tonight, and there will be several hundred more that will listen in the archives, uh, so they can't do anything. But out of the several hundred of you guys listening tonight, uh, i got time for one or two of you to call on the 50 lines I said I have set up and uh, and say thanks or tell uh, uh, transfer your pearls of wisdom on uh, how to promote the event in the last uh, 10 days leading up to it. I want to say thank you to your crew members. Uh, you've got uh, 12 minutes, all right? So out of the, uh, I don't know however many it is, 275, 300-plus folks listening, uh, two of you have time to call and talk for three minutes apiece, okay? All right, so... Uh, Oh my gosh! I actually got uh, actually got the uh, the chat room I guess to open and and didn't know it. 
So I haven't been paying attention to it because I didn't know it was open. All right. Uh, okay. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. I guess I got uh, just a couple of minutes. If any of you guys uh, would like to uh, uh, to call in and uh, and say anything, other than that. As I said, uh, we would like for you guys to to take this uh, the last few days. <clears throat> Make sure that uh, your supplies are good to go. That you double check uh, your uh, all your admin stuff. Double check the porta potties. Make sure you've got that ordered and that it's ready to go. That it's not going to be snapped up by somebody else or for some other reason. Uh, that weekend, and you're going to be left in a fix. <clears throat> Make sure that you've uh, checked out uh, on the forum the details, and we're going to go over it again uh, next Thursday. Well, the next Thursday will be the the uh, uh, April 19th uh, radio show, and we'll uh, it'll be specifically for the the details of the the upcoming events and stuff like that. But between now and then, don't wait for that. Between now and then, make sure you got your all your supplies are good to go, but uh, you don't have time to order them now. So if you don't have enough supplies for your event, then you're going to need to beg, borrow, and steal some, uh, trade somebody something for some something, get some sent to you somehow, and uh, uh, make sure that the, the rest of your stuff is done, that your range is secured. Go if you got the targets and target backers at the range. Go drop by them or drop by there in the next few days. Make sure that uh, that a tornado didn't carry them off, or they didn't burn up in a fire, uh, or that uh, or that somebody didn't use them for something else, etc. Make sure that's good to go. Uh, make sure that uh, uh, you have uh, uh, all your flyers up where they go. Uh, use this uh, the last uh, this last ten days or so to get yourself on a local radio show and let them know that it's going. Get your uh, get the event posted on the community calendar. Call up the uh, local TV shows and uh, uh, and the. Uh, the uh, not TV shows, news stations. Call up a news station and uh, shoot them an email, or give them a call and say, "Hey, uh, there's uh, an event going on this weekend. The weekend is 21st and 22nd. Here's what we're doing. Why don't you guys come out and, uh, and cover us? All right, get them to come out. Don't be afraid of the press. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what they say or what they do. It doesn't matter what, if they if they make you look like a bunch of screaming drunk Chinese monkeys. It doesn't matter." Because the American public can see through all of their shenanigans and they'll realize it for what it is, which is a good program with a valid mission, something that they should get involved in. So get the, get the folks to come out and cover it. Get the newspapers to come out and cover it. If they don't, then you write a story. You write a story, take the photographs, and send it in to the papers. Say, here's the story that you wouldn't come out and cover. Well, I covered it for you. Run it in your magazine. Run it in your newspaper. Uh, give it a shot. 
what's it going to hurt? Got got the uh, one of the guys on the uh, the chat room that says we had on April third of the year we had seven hundred and eleven people online. I don't know what, why they why did they come on eleven on the uh, the third. Did anybody know? Uh, was there was there something that uh, some kind of a news story that went out or something that uh, that caused that many folks to come online at once? Hmm. We'll have to find out. But uh, anyway, be talking to the uh, the press, get them to come to an event. Uh, if they don't, take plenty of pictures, send in uh, photographs, and write a story yourself. And submit it at least to the local papers, which is the ones you want anyway, right? Uh, you want the local people to be coming to the events. Uh, so, let me see if anybody's called. If anybody's called in real quick. Okay, no, nobody has. All right, guys. Uh, I think we're, unless somebody's dialed the phone right this second, then you're going to be, uh, you're going to be uh, out of time. Don't forget that, uh, at Battle Road USA, which is in Central Texas, that uh, that we have a uh, a May 4th, 5th, and 6th event coming up. We'd like you all to come to it. Uh, we'd like our friends to attend, and uh, and we'd like to make sure that uh, that you know once you're good to go with the rifle, then, uh, then let's get you good to go with the pistol, and get you good to go uh, with understanding how to defend yourselves and your loved ones the best of your ability in real-world scenarios, all right? Because that's what we do. Uh, and uh, and we like to say that when seconds count, the police are only minutes away, all right? Nothing against the police. It's just that as in uh, everything else in this world, better not to depend on somebody else for your survival. Better for you to take uh, take the lead in preparing for your own survival, your own safety of yourself and your loved ones. And we're here to give you a hand at doing that by teaching you how to uh, how to react, how to, what mindset to have, and how to defend yourself in real world scenarios. And uh, Mark and I both have quite a bit of experience in this, and uh, we've worked long and hard uh, over the last year. Uh, fleshing out uh, the courses, building the courses for you, making sure that they are uh, that they're valid courses with good information, and and that we're teaching them to the best of our ability. All right. So that's www.battleroadusa.com, and uh, we'd love to have you. All right. Uh, all right. That's going to end the. Uh, the uh, the Let the Revolution Begin show. I mean, what I'd like uh, for you guys to do is make sure that you're going to be on for uh, the uh, the upcoming show because that will be the last show before our signature weekend. And uh, we'll, have some, uh, we'll have some good guests for you. And I'd like for you guys to make sure that you're all calling in to, uh, to give me your spiel and give me uh, the – the plan for what you're going to do, any special stuff you're going to do uh, for the 
uh, 21st, 22nd weekend, because there may be ta- there may be time for uh, other folks to be able to do the same thing. Let them benefit from your uh, from the things that you figured out. Okay. Uh, I got to somebody saying they can't understand the address from the GPS coordinates. Yeah, I've got. We'll put the the address on there. I think that uh, I think that I shot a guy. Uh, I shot the the uh the website guy the uh the street address and uh yeah and he just put on uh, my phone number and uh, my email and stuff like that and it's got the street address on there too. You plug the street address in and, and you'll be good to go. All right guys, uh that's gonna be it for tonight. I wanna thank everybody, uh who tuned in to listen? I want to thank my call screen again too, because like I said, every week uh, he's here with me. He's here putting in the same hours that I am. He's just blessed because he doesn't have to talk. So, uh, but nonetheless, he's here, and I really appreciate the stuff that uh, uh, that SP does for me. All right, all right, uh, guys. Remember what I said: uh, the responsibility for ensuring that the rights and freedoms that living in this nation affords you, they rest solely and squarely on your shoulders. And remember that every time this nation has been in danger, it has been saved from its peril by the efforts of a few. That's us. That's that few. That's your job. That's your mission. Thank you all. God bless and keep you close. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday. 7 p.m. Central. Be sure to shoot me an email or uh, or give me a call if there's anything I can do for you. Good night, everybody. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.